This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. House call for Isom. To college. Five. Wait, first quarter or first half? First half. To the pros. My uh, my Achilles is going to magically heal on its own. Yeah. Loser. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Side is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And, and since we're hosting a radio show, oh my god, let it snow. You did not tell me about this one. You did not tell me about changing ben. the I know it's snowing. I have eyes. Uh, we welcome you into the payoff on this wonderful winter wonderland Friday <laughs> evening. Um, I got to throw you a curveball every once in a while. I know you, you got to keep me on my toes. Uh, You've been on your toes. You've been wearing a Michigan jersey all week. It's the final day of you in a Jim Harbaugh jersey for now. Are you going to wash that jersey after today, finally? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where I'm going to go with it. I, I Do I keep it in my closet? Do I give it away to someone this Christmas? I don't know. But thank goodness. Yeah, you can gift it. Day. It's I like can a white elephant it. gift. I can. I, you know, wash it before I gift it, obviously. But, uh, yeah. It'd be funnier if you didn't. <laughs> it would be funnier if I didn't. Hey, kid, want my smelly jersey? Sure. We'll get to the Michigan Wolverines a little bit later. Hell, we'll even get to the Pac-12 championship game that's on tonight. A lot of great college football on this weekend. But we're going to start with the Detroit Lions, who are in a very unique situation, very unique circumstances for a football team this time of year in the NFL. This is an absolute, no excuses, show us who you really are, must win game for Detroit. There's an argument. This is the most important game on the schedule up to date. What did John Madden always used to say? The season doesn't start until Thanksgiving. Well, if that's the case, you can't start 0-2 in a seven-game season. Did you know the last three years, only one team has gone 0-2 after Thanksgiving and made the playoffs? That was the 2020 Chicago Bears, who were fraudulent the entire season. 8-8. Lost in the first round, 21-9 against the Saints. They were frauds. That was the team that had no offense. It was a switch between Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles the whole season. They were 23rd in the NFL in points per game. Ironically, this Lions team is 23rd in the NFL in opponent points per game. And in the last three, they've allowed 31. Good enough for second to last in the NFL. That Bears team had one win in the regular season against a team above 500. Like I said, they were fraudulent the whole time. The Lions, right now, if you look at the schedule, have one win against a team above 500 so far this regular season. That came in week one. It's a long time ago. Now, I'm not saying the Lions are fraudulent. There's still many weeks to play to see who this team really is. But you're going to have to show us who you are at some point. This is a game against a struggling New Orleans team. If you lose, I can't keep pretending everything's just going to be okay. Because quite frankly, everything's gotten worse the past month. 
For the last five games, the defense has looked terrible. In those five games, you're eight for 17 on fourth down. That was your identity the first half of the season. And now you're below 50% on picking up fourth downs. Doesn't, doesn't really add up there if you ask me. In those five games, you're 11. You have 11 different offensive turnovers. It's not a recipe for success in this league. This team has not earned the benefit of the doubt. This team has not earned the right to say, we're going to figure it out. You have to show us on Sunday, on the road, against a banged-up New Orleans team, that you're better than what you've shown us the last month. This is an opportunity to beat up an inferior Saints team. Show us that the Saints are inferior. New Orleans is going to be without two, maybe their top three receivers. Michael Thomas and Rashid Shahid already ruled out. Chris Olave and concussion protocol. They could be with all their, without all their top weapons. You're going to be without your eight-time Pro Bowl edge rusher, Cam Jordan. You're going to be without your four-time Pro Bowl cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, who's on IR. And you're probably going to be without your starting safety, Marcus May. Go take care of business. The offensive line is back to full strength. The Saints defense has allowed 110 ground yards in the past six straight games. They don't get home to the quarterback. Only the Bears have less sacks, so Goff should be protected. You should be able to run all over the Saints defense. Don't let the stupid stuff, don't let the Taysom Hill garbage beat you. If he gets the ball, he's probably going to run it, guys. He's only thrown six passes this entire season. Don't let Camaro rack up 100 receiving yards. He's their only option. All their receivers are dead. And please, for the love of God, don't turn the ball over. The Saints are third in average turnovers forced per game. They average 1.8 every time they step on the field on Sunday. Take care of the football. It's a must in this league. Show up, take care of business, leave. So my question is this, is this the most important game of the Lions season? Is this game against the Saints make or break for the Detroit season? 989-837-6125. There's no reason, no reason you can't blow this New Orleans team out of the water other than the fact that you might be fraudulent. Show us you're not fraudulent. That's all I ask for, John. No, I don't blame you. And obviously, we're at the point of this season and with the Lions record, it's not must-win territory, but it does feel like, hey, let's straighten out the ship here because the schedule at the tail end of the season looks tougher than we thought a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago, right? Uh, Cowboys, you have to play, and you saw what they did last night. Okay, granted, they have no defense, but their offense could score in bunches. You play the Vikings, the ultimate wild card, two times remaining as well. And a Broncos team that just keeps winning. So a game that, yes, is on the road, but is winnable at the Dome, an injured Saints team, this is where you have to right the ship. And the last two weeks, hey, a win's a win against Chicago, and we not overlooked it, but it's like, okay, well, we're fine with it given the fact that, hey, a win in the NFL is tough, and it was come from behind. But You can't that, keep stacking those type of wins, though. You can't. That's it's my not problem. sustainable, and then you saw what happened when they fell behind early to Green Bay, they dug themselves a hole they couldn't get out of. So, yeah, this has a feeling, and I don't blame you, of let's let's right the ship against a team that 
has a lot of holes in the New Orleans Saints. You got to win this game. It was a win you chalked at the beginning of the season for. You were like, all right, playing the win-loss, win-loss, loss-win game. Hey, Saints are a win, right? Mm -hmm. And even though they're a division leader, five and six, tied with the Falcons in the dreadful NFC South, you got to take this game. You got to take this game, and that should be the expectation. I don't want to hear any excuses. No. I don't want to hear, oh, well, it was a road game. It was a trap game. No, to hell with that, all of that. If you want to consider yourself a real team, you've got to put together a great game like you were doing at the beginning of the season. You guys remember that stretch? It was against Atlanta, then that first game in Green Bay, against the Panthers, and the Bucks. That month, you looked like a real contender. Don't peak early. I've been saying it for a long time. The highlight of this season can't be beating Kansas City in week one. If that's the highlight of your season, congratulations. Everything else was a disappointment after week one then. Show up, take care of business, leave. Otherwise, I can't sit here on this microphone and tell everyone listening that this is a team that can win a playoff game. You got to go show us that you're a playoff team. You figure out who you are past Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, you laid an egg on national television. That stuck around to people. People have that on their mind. The last time we saw this team, they did not look like a real playoff team. Now we've got an opportunity to see them again on Sunday against a New Orleans defense that is far from perfect, but has been okay. Go put up points. Go stop this awful, struggling, injured New Orleans offense. For the love of God, can the Lions just blow someone out? Like, like, I think I'll be able to sleep better at night if the Lions just blow the Saints out of the water. That's, that's what I need. Because if we're going to keep playing this game of, well, uh, I don't know, is the defense good enough? I don't know. Then they're not a real playoff team. If, if this game against New Orleans just gets ugly, gets out of hand, you got to come back from uh, behind a win because the defense can't stop anybody. You let Derek Carr thrash you. I'm going to have real problems with this team going forward, at least talking about them in a way that props them up as a playoff team. Yes, they're going to win the NFC North. I don't think that's too big of a question at this point in the season. Vikings, there's too much ground to make up. Green Bay, yeah, they're improving, but again, too much ground to make up. Don't be the 2020 Chicago Bears. Don't be the team that finishes the regular season with one win against a playoff team with one win against the team over 500. Don't be the bullies that beat up on bad teams and get throttled by good teams. Be a real contender. You've got a chance to do it this Sunday and it's not against this great team, but you can go flex your muscles a little bit. Whatever we've seen in the last month, get that garbage out of here. Cause at some point you are what you are at some point. What we're seeing is exactly what the lions are. Now, what we saw the first month of the season and what we've seen the last month of the season, two different football teams. Which one are you, Detroit? Which one are you? 989-837-6125. Do you believe that this is a make or break game for the Detroit Lions season? We'll keep the conversation rolling. Plus, you know the tradition on Fridays. Lions prop picks. We'll get to that. We'll get to the Michigan Wolverines. And, of course, the Pac-12 championship on tonight. You're listening to the Payoff Fueled by Forward Energy. The Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the Payoff.
Listen, it, it's very simple to me. This is a must-win game for the Lions. This is the most important game on the schedule up to date. I get it. It's not against the best team. It's not this Kansas City primetime game. But what it is, is a fork in the road. You're either 0-2 since Thanksgiving, and you look like a defense that can't stop a college football team from scoring on you, or you pivot back in the right direction, get back on course, and you're in real contention for this number one seed. Because with the Niners and Eagles playing each other, opens the door, leaves it open. So I throw out the number again, 989-837-6125. Do you believe this is the most important game of the season? And if you do, which way, which direction is this team heading? I don't anticipate a lot of people are going to text in and say, I think they're going to lose. But do you say, do you say with real certainty that they're going to win based on what we've seen the last month, John? It's it's scary. It's hard to. Again, a different thought process from this team a couple of weeks ago up until now. When I was watching Thursday Night Football last night, all I was thinking about when watching the Cowboys was this Detroit Lions team in a way. Mm. I feel there I feel the Eagles Niners are in that first tier in the NFC, and then the Lions and Cowboys are in that second tier in offense that could take it really to any defense, can run the ball, pass it, have a really strong tight end. But its defense has been Swiss cheese recently. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw last night. And luckily for Dallas, Parsons came up and made the play and sort of similar to how Detroit beat Chicago, Hutchinson, I wouldn't say quiet that whole game, but really didn't have that stellar play, making the big play when his team needed the most. But I don't know if that's long-term sustainability for success. And those are against tough teams. I wouldn't put the Saints in that category, right? Even though we mentioned, yeah, division leader, they're probably the most fraudulent division leader in, it doesn't in even the NFL. Count. It doesn't even it, count. Yeah, the I, NFC so, North is so garbage. So, or but, not the North, the, uh, the, South. the South. But yeah, you, 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 you want to correct things. And this feels like, I'll put a pop more positive spin on this. This feels like a good week to do so. Because you have then a divisional matchup coming up against Chicago. And then again, the Broncos, Cowboys, Vikings twice. This feels like a good... I wouldn't say buffer week or whatever. I don't. I don't think it's a layup, even though you're favored by four and a half at uh, or on the road. There's no layups but, in the NFL, and there's not. And there's not. And and the Saints have to try and stay in stride with the Falcons, who are playing the Jets. But this feels like a team you go out there and beat. It'd be nice to see a blowout, but you, if, if you're the Lions, you should. This is a restore of confidence. This is what it has to be. And if it's not, then there are real problems because again, not must win. Because if they lose, still top the North, still whatever. But the narrative is shifting on this team. And yes, it's very reactionary. It's very, what have you done for me lately? But what we've seen lately is not the team that we've seen in the past two months. And it's a concern. You want to hit your stride late in the season and run right into the playoffs blazing hot. It's kind of what the Lions did last year after having such a miserable start. They picked up steam. They picked up momentum in the second half of the season. We've seen the opposite so far. We've seen the exact opposite so far. You start the season, the hottest team in the NFL. You come out of the gate, you beat Kansas City in their own place. But again, that can't be the highlight of your season. You go, what was it? Five and one. Had a real nice ring to it. Now you're hitting this skid where you just feel like the Lions can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's felt like they can't stop any team in the NFL when that team has their best best stuff going for them. And it's been against not great offenses either. 
It's been against the Packers. Jordan Love had the best game of his career. It's been against the Bears. Justin Fields, coming back from injury, didn't look like a problem. Justin Herbert thrashed us. Even the Raiders, to some extent, stayed in that game before the Lions started to take care of business in the second half. I'm, I'm done watching these games and coming in here and pretending like, oh, well, they, they, they pulled it out, guys. They pulled it out. You got to go dominate at some point. That's what great teams do. I mean, we've seen the Niners do it. We've seen the Cowboys do it. And I, I know yesterday's game's a bad example of that because the defense was bad. But we've seen all these upper echelon teams go out there and win by 30. We've seen the Lions do it earlier this season. That Lions team is nowhere to be found at the moment. Like face on the milk carton, gone. Please come back. That's all I have to say. Please come back or else I can't sit here and tell everyone that they're playoff contenders. Because they're not. Maybe come back. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, what, what would you say is the biggest problem right now? Because I, I do love you throwing turnovers. in there. Turnovers is one thing. The, the complete 180, I think, Lions fans have done with this fourth down stuff. Because I feel like now it's a negative. It's, it's your trademark. It's, it's not, the trademark of the team. But it hasn't been working. It one bad week, two bad no, weeks. No, not two I, bad weeks. I, I think that's... In you, the last five games, you're eight for 17. I, I think re, you want to instill the confidence again on this team, man. Go go for it again on fourth, midfield, first quarter. I don't care. That's the identity of this I, team. I, I this team's losing its edge in a bit, too. And, it, and again, I guess that's hard when you lose. It's hard to you know be uh, Mr. Confidence when you lose to a division opponent in front of a national TV audience. Right. And I, I get that. But that's what it felt like towards the tail end of that game. And that's an area on Sunday they should be able to dominate. They have Jonah Jackson back. The offensive line is finally healthy. He's been out with a, an inj- a lower body injury for the last couple of weeks. And the line has looked shaky. It's been hard to protect Goff. Yeah. Well, maybe one of the, your second most off- uh, important offensive lineman's back. Like, I get it, Ragnar's there, but... Jonah Jackson has been phenomenal, and when he's not been on the field, it's been a problem. He's back. You should be able to dominate on the ground. You should be able to protect Goff. Yeah, you should be able to pick up all these fourth and ones. David Montgomery should have a big game, and I'll get to that when we get to the picks. But I do think against the Saints team who can't stop anybody on the ground, what I say, six straight games of 110 rushing yards for their opponent, that's pretty miserable. (laughs) That's pretty bad. Especially in the modern-day NFL, too. Yeah. Where most teams are passing more than they're running. Well, to be fair, the Saints team, one of the best in the league at taking away the deep ball. Yeah. But that's not something the Lions are necessarily hunting anyway. What is it? One, two shots a game to Jamison Williams. Besides that, it's mostly when they try to get up the field in a hurry, it's these 15, 20 yard routes to Amon Ross St. Brown yeah. and, and Sam Laporta. Those are the two guys that should be able to dominate. I mean, the Saints can't stop anything within a couple yards of the line of scrimmage is what it seems like. Yeah, I, I think the saving grace, and you mentioned it earlier with Derek Carr and the New Orleans offense, Goff and, How are they gonna score? Goff and the Lions offense is just, I would say, one step ahead of Carr and the Saints offense in terms of I'm not expecting anyone to throw the deep ball. Maybe they give Jamo one or two twirls, but at least Goff could throw past the first down marker right. to a Laporta, to a St. Brown. The Saints, okay, yeah, we, Goff should throw down the field more, Carr, we'll see if he even throws it down the first down marker. I'm more scared he throws of James it 10 Winston. or 15 yards. I I'm mean, honestly more scared of Jameis Winston. Put him in. Because Derek, I would love to see Derek that, Carr doesn't throw the ball past his sticks. Yeah. And he, he doesn't have the – and that's it's a shot at Carr, but it's also a shot at 
their receiving core because they're all hurt. What do they have? Taysom Hill over the middle. You I can't, you can't I run Alvin Kamara God, on, if on a deep Taysom Hill route. has some stupid career day and the Lions lose because they can't stop that guy. I'm going to be so mad. Well, I mean, the one that have they had, when was the last time they really let a tight end do work on them? Well, Taysom is not a tight end, Andrew. though. He's not he a tight is, end. though. He's no, a tight he's end. When he, okay. He's, it's okay, well, he's I'm not a receiver. I'm talking about when Taysom Hill takes the snap and it's just QB power one way or the other. But That's when, the stuff where I'm like, don't let the Saints do that sort of finicky stuff and beat you. But they do struggle against Russian quarterbacks. But when he, gets, when he gets the ball, you know it's going to be a run. I it's, can't wait. it's a run 99% of the time. I can't wait after the opening kickoff. It's Hill to lead the offense out. That'd be classic. Oh, my God. At least with Derek Carr, you know what's coming. It's going to be checked down to Alvin Kamara all day long. And to be quite honest, no Alex Anzalone, it's a little frightening. This is ideally where Jack Campbell would be your ideal linebacker. This is what you drafted him to be, someone who's big, mobile, can get around in coverage, keep up with guys like Alvin Kamara who struggled on the ground this year, but where he has dominated is through the air. This guy can't rack up 10 receptions. And to be quite honest, the Jack Campbell experience so far this year hasn't been fantastic. Here's an opportunity for Campbell on a silver platter to go show us why you're valuable on this team with no Alex Anzalone. Or we're going to see what we've seen the last month, really the last the, the entire season, and see him struggle. I'm over that. Here's an opportunity for him to thrive. Here's an opportunity for Gibbs to step up. All the rookies who, I don't want to say have plateaued, but I think we know what the rookies are at this point in the season. It's, it'd be ridiculous to say, well, the Lions are going to keep getting better every week because the rookies are going to keep getting better every week. We know what Gibbs is at this point. He's a really good running back. Laporta, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I don't know if they're getting better this year. I don't know if they're trying to scheme those guys in more and more. Jack Campbell, this is a unique circumstance because Alex Anzalone unexpectedly goes down. So we'll see there. Um, I've still got some Lions prop picks. I'm nervous for the game. But that doesn't mean I'm going to get away from the Lions prop picks, John. That's kind of been our, our bread and butter. It has. In terms of making money. It has. Again, I own the spreads. Um, uh, unfortunately, own last them. night you We've got still got the, a lot uh, of time left. You got you got the spreads. So you had you had Seattle last night. I had Dallas. But the prop picks, they've been great. We're, we're teasing, obviously. But the prop picks, they've, uh, they've, they've been good. For specifically Lions games. I don't know what you do elsewhere. But the Lions games, they've been on. For Lions games, I've made money. Uh, for the Both. NFL picks, eh. Here, here's this. Tough. Here's this for you. Probably Only not like two it. games back from you now, right? Uh, yeah. Like two or like three. That. I gotta yeah. still update the sheet, but uh, over under how many rushing yards for Taysom Hill? I'll set it at twenty. Over under. <laughs> uh, over, I don't know what it is. Over. Oh, wow. Over. Well, do you do you trust anybody? You are Mister Negative, man. How am I? I'm I you know what? Hill's gonna negative. run for hundred yards. He and, might. <laughs> he might. It depends how many touches he gets. Like they give him the ball around ten times a game. And he's usually pretty effective when he gets those touches. Whether or not the Lions can stop anybody is a completely different conversation. Because if he's a legitimate threat to throw it on the field, that's where the Lions get in trouble because these quarterbacks extend plays. It's the guys that are are head down rushing. I mean, the Lions are a good rushing defense. So theoretically, you should be able to stop Hill. The Lions set it over 25 and a half yards for him. Rushing yards? yards? Or is that receiving? Rushing. (sighs) Probably over. I mean, when in doubt, are we really taking unders on Lions defensive stuff for opposing offenses? 
It's the Saints, man. Where's the confidence? We got to find the confidence in the next segment. I have some confidence in my Lions <laughs> prop picks. I'll give them to you next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, my favorite time of the week. Detroit Lions prop picks. We've been very profitable on this so far this you season. Have. Don't give me any credit. Well, I just give well, you, you a yes or pick. no. Okay, okay. Well, hopefully you're giving me a lot of yeses today. Uh, I'll start out with um, David Montgomery. Okay. Over 62 and a half yards. Very, Total? L- very low line, it feels like. This Saints defense... I already said it, but I'll say it again, has allowed 110 rushing yards for six consecutive games. This is a great run offense. I think Montgomery's going to get a lot of touches between the tackles over 62 and a half. Only rushing yards. Only rushing yards. There we I go. like he. Okay. Amonra St. Brown. Here's the thing. 15 receptions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I'm going with it. Seven and a half because... This New Orleans defense is the third best team in the NFL in terms of taking away the big play. Who's going to benefit from that? Guys who run short to intermediate routes. That's a Monroe St. Brown over seven and a half. All right. Yeah, I, I, I mean the amount, the amount they target him. I, I, I don't know if you have it off the top of your head, but maybe six or seven targets is the least he's had in the game this season. Yeah. I mean. He catches you know, almost not, everything. And we're talking targets more than receptions, but he's targeted double digits no matter who the opponent is, the defensive scheme. And that's what makes him, in my opinion, a top 10 receiver in the league. I mean, he, okay, take away the deep threat. He's, he, he could do it all, in my opinion. Real quick. Uh, yeah. When are we going to start talking about CeeDee Lamb as like one of the three best receivers in the NFL? I think people, a lot of people did today. All right, cool. <laughs> do you not consider him? No, no, no. I, I do. Like, I, I mean, it's Hill, right? Hill. Justin Jefferson. Jay, yeah, you forget about I forget about Jefferson. AJ Brown, CD Lamb. Those are the four best. You put Brown in that? Yeah. I wouldn't. Laporta. <laughs> four receptions. We're teasing that down. His over-unders at four and a half. If you just take four and parlay the first three things I said together, you get a plus six hundred and sixty-three action. What do we think about that? Okay. I like that. Then for the exact same reasons I said about Amonra feasting, I think Laporta is going to be a quick, quick option for uh, Jared Goff off the line of scrimmage. Couple more I have. It's not out yet. I don't know why none of the, uh, I think they're waiting to see which receivers are going to play to, to make the Camara lines, but just take his over in receiving yards and receptions. That's, I, we don't know what it's going to be at. It depends if Olave plays. I'm just taking the over. I don't see how Jack Campbell or any of the Lions linebackers keep up with Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best rush uh, receiving running backs we've had in the last 10 years. I mean, who else are they going to throw to? Exactly. <laughs> Literally, exactly. Um, and the last one I have, Saints, under 20 and a half. They're 29th in red zone efficiency. This is a team that has been struggling to put together big type plays. If they don't have two or three of their top receivers. Where's the ball going? How are they moving the ball up and down the field? I'll take their under. I don't have a eh sound. I would give that an eh. I don't know. I, I could see the Saints eclipsing 20 and the Lions still winning and covering. Well, I could see this a 30-20 game. Well, what if I told you this? Uh-oh. What if I told you Aaron Glenn? What if I told you? What if I told you Aaron Glenn coached against Saints offensive coordinator 
Pete Carmichael for five straight years. Wow. Every single day in practice. Ooh, I didn't know this. Aaron Glenn used to be over uh, with Dan Campbell in New Orleans. I for, Yeah, forget about that aspect, that storyline coming in. Dan today, Campbell coached Sunday. Dan Campbell coached under Pete Carmichael for five years. Wow. Played with Dennis Allen at Texas A&M. This team has the ins and outs of, New, of the New Orleans Saints. Similar to how... One Iowa quarterback ah. maybe has the ins and outs of the Michigan Definitely does. scheme playbook. We'll play the clip for you. Oh, we're going to this now. Well, I think this week specifically, I'm not just getting Deacon ready. I'm getting the entire team as much okay. as I can, because I mean, I know so much about that other team Yeah, that from a defensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, I'm just doing everything I possibly can from an entire team standpoint to just let these guys know everything that I possibly know. I just broke my microphone. There you go. <laughs> um, Don't worry. The best do it from time yeah, to I'll time. Just, I'll just hold it like this. You're going to have to hold it for the whole segment. This is great. This is great. Oh if we God, had the I video stream, this would have been great microphone. content. I didn't I even you, touch if, it. If you want me to fix it, I can go. I can no, go, it's, uh, it's fine. I'll just hold it. Um, Kate <laughs> McNamara, you're a, what is that about? I know this team. What else you want Inside to do? Inside out. I'm going to tell every. What, I'll tell you right now. It doesn't matter if Cade McNamara has the exact script of the plays Michigan is going to run in order. Oh, yeah. They're so if he run signs all steals. over this team. Yeah, you, sure. Go ahead. Sign seal for Michigan. Cade McNamara, Iowa. It ain't going to matter. Michigan's going to run all over this team. You want to hear my favorite Iowa stat of the entire season? Wait on me. They scored zero points versus Penn State. <laughs> Zero points they scored. John, how are they supposed to score against Michigan? Who has a better defense than Penn State, if you ask me? That was apparent when they played each other. So I don't know how Iowa's supposed to score here. I don't know either. I mean, we joked earlier in the week that their first half over-unders set at a half. Yeah. A point. Uh Point five. I've been trying today just to get that devil's advocate point of view combing through articles of how this Iowa offense could com- combat Michigan's defense. Cause I think Iowa's defense is going to have a little bit of a fight. I don't think Michigan's going to steamroll them, put up maybe like 40 points or something like that. I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think that's in Michigan's DNA right now either. Just the base, the way uh, they want to run their offense. But even if they play the field position game, meaning Iowa, the way they want to. John, they scored zero ha, points. Ha, they scored exa- zero They just don't points. have any dogs. They just don't have any guys. And and listen, they're on their backup quarterback. Uh, they Their best corner and special teams returner in Cooper DeGene is not going to play. So who, who who's going who's gonna to be able to, to, to get the ball in the end zone? Their running back, Williams, has had an underrated season. He's around like 700 rushing yards, and he's taken a bigger step in the offense as the weeks have gone on. But... It's an elite defense with an offense that just can't move the football. That's just going to be one, two-yard rushing attempts and not three and outs quickly, but once they get to midfield, they they have nothing. Which is why I'm just writing this game in as a win. It's a 24-point spread. That's ridiculous for a conference championship game. These are games are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be exciting. They're supposed to be close, like the game that's going to happen tonight. But this this is unlike all of that. The Big Ten West winner has never won the Big Ten championship. There's a reason the spread is 24 and a half. There's a reason Iowa spread is point or Iowa's point total is 0.5 for the first half. Rule of thumb, 
Can we, ju- can we just acknowledge rule of thumb? If a team's over under for the first half is 0.5, <laughs> they're not winning the game. Which leads me to my question. Mm-hmm. Why is anybody watching this Michigan game? What's the point? What's the biggest uh, reason I should watch it? Because the thing I'm looking forward to the most isn't even going to happen during the game. It's going to happen afterwards. When Tony Petiti has to hand the Big Ten championship trophy over to Jim Harbaugh, if he even dares show his face in front of the program. He might not. He might magically have COVID. Wow. Jeez. You might magically have an illness. You know that bug that's going around right now, the stomach flu. Yeah, look at old bug. Question, though, to circle back to McNamara, in the same reason that you think the Lions have confidence against the Saints based on previous ties, you don't think McNamara is going to give Iowa something? No, I, uh, to be honest, I was mostly just making don't a joke. Don't on him. Yeah, well, no, I was mostly just making a joke. I don't think, I don't think Dan Campbell working under... Anyone in New Orleans or Aaron Glenn going, I don't think that makes too big of a of a difference. Mm -hmm. I think most at the end of the day, it comes down to what happens on the field. Okay, which players outperform which players, and I I'm telling you, Cade McNamara can tell whatever he wants to his to this Iowa team about his former team Michigan. He can tell them the ins and outs, their darkest secrets of his buddies that still are on the team. It doesn't matter. Tell him JJ's biggest fears. I don't care. Like it, it's not going to work. Iowa does not have enough. I, what I keep going back to, and I'll keep going back to it because I think it's the best point. They scored zero <laughs> points versus Penn state. They scored zero. That's the best team they've played this year. And they didn't find the end zone. They didn't kick a field goal. They weren't even close. And Michigan blew that team out of the water. This is a 24 point spread. I wish this game was supposed to be more entertaining. I still can't believe my microphone is broken, though. It's okay. Do you want to hear the Iowa? I'm going to mute your mic so you can fix it. Uh, do you, I, I think this was very captivating today. I was like, I want to hear someone from Iowa trying to justify that they could, you know, actually win the Big Ten championship. And the Gazette in Cedar Rapids said it would be a miracle for them to win. And that Iowa, this season and this game, this Saturday, it's the greatest opportunity of the 21st century for the University of Iowa football program. Like, that's how much they feel they have no chance. And if they do pull off an upset, uh, it would be the defining moment of the 2000s for them. And they referenced, by the way, and I forgot this happened. I forgot Jim, Jim Harbaugh's multiple stops there. Uh, his 2007 Stanford team went to USC as a 41 point dog and beat the Trojans towards the tail end of that USC dynasty. Uh, they're literally pulling and grasping for straws in Iowa. There's, I couldn't find, cause I wanted to find it a compelling argument for the Hawkeyes to, you know, Oh, maybe this is why they have a chance and it's nothing. And it's all pointing all the positives towards Iowa is all about their defense. There's really nothing you could find that says this offense is going to be able to put up even double digits. Though, by the way, Ben, you're going to love this. I got to put over a half for that you're, first. Don't I t- no, to. you're not actually I better than this. No, I you're not. To. No, you're not. What if, what if they don't on. score a single point? Do you, do you know what the score was in 2021? Uh, what was it? Something to it's three, like right? 42 to three. Yeah. You can only score three points in one half, John. <laughs> it's the first, baby. There's Why would they kick a field goal in this? What incentive half? do you have to bet on their over? Just because. It's a half a point. This is the Big Ten Championship, for goodness sakes. They're not going to run a trick play? 
I don't know Give if they have something. that in them. I don't know if, uh, what <laughs> what, what is this team's a trick play? Toss? They can't move the ball in regular fashion. What makes you think they're going to be able to run a trick play a successfully? Push something. <laughs> Please. If they run a tush push on this Michigan defensive front, they're going backwards. Just make it a game. Because I'm going to have to sit down and watch this. What what did the, the Iowa coach in uh, in their press oh, conference? Oh, th- this was great. So first off, Farron starts with a great question. They ask him like, "Why do you feel that even though you're a big underdog, Iowa's like a big underdog, no one's rallying around them right now, even with everything that's going on, the investigation in Michigan?" And he just had no answer for it. He's like, "Oh, I think I'm a nice guy, you know. Iowa's colors are nice." Like he doesn't ex- he doesn't understand Iowa's colors. He literally said that he doesn't understand. Wait, he actually said Iowa's colors. He does. And I-, I wish I had the clip now. But he's like, "Yeah, we got good, you know, good jersey scheme." Like his whole thing was like, "How like they're the most unlovable, not lovable team. Like they're so boring to watch that even as an underdog and even against a team that is, in still in my opinion, wrongfully." calling themselves or at least the head coach is calling themselves America's team. Oh, there's no one up on there's it. no one that is like, "Oh, let's go Iowa." R- really? Anywhere because except for everyone except for maybe, knows they don't have a shot. And may, maybe except for coaches in the Big 10, but this is what Farron said about like, "Hey, if Iowa wins against Michigan and his thoughts on that." When you get in this game, you're going to be playing somebody who if they're victorious, that's where they're going. If we would win, I mean, that would really screw things up, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, it might be kind of funny, actually. But anyway. And just quickly moves on. Uh, my, so Iowa's motivation is, uh, yeah, it'd be pretty funny. My favorite is uh, if uh, we win. If we win. Yeah, if there's no confidence. Win. No confidence. Who Why says that? Why should there that? be? Who says that? If they win. It should be either he understands. after the game or when we win. When what we think is going to happen happens. Something, not if we win, if we that's win. just that's just showing. Yeah, we're we're not gonna win this game. Oh man, it'd screw a lot of things up, though. It'd be funny. No, it it really wouldn't be. You know, it'd be more funny. You know, it'd be more funny is if you scored zero points this game, which is semi realistic. When I drop my when I drop my last paycheck on uh, plus <laughs> over half point. <laughs> what's what's the motive for I watching this game? That's that, what I want to know to see if they score in the first half. There's your, there's your motive. <laughs> Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. You're listening to the payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio one hundred point nine. The Mitt. You know, I'd I'd love for the Big Ten Championship to be an entertaining game. I'd love for it to be a close spread and Michigan have to no, you, you don't. know fight their way, earn their way to the college don't football lie. playoffs. But it's it's. The least exciting conference championship game of the weekend. Dude, you want to see Michigan, you personally want to see Michigan blow the doors off the Hawkeyes. Well, yeah. And then uh, they could do as many sideline shots as, uh, to Jim Harbaugh as they can. What's your <laughs> over-under for that, by the way? That's what I'm looking Ooh. forward to most, to seeing good old Jimbo uh, wearing the hat that I'm wearing, you know. Maybe maybe he'll wear his jersey. Who knows? 45. Uh, f- yeah. I, I mean, the amount of times. I, I think you're going to see more of that than when they cut the Swift up in the boxes during Chiefs games. Yeah, for this one, probably. I, <laughs> yes, I the, yeah. the shot, the shot of Tony Petiti, if he's there, handing Jim Harbaugh a Big Ten championship trophy, that right there should be framed somewhere. That right there is the clip that's going to go around social media, the one that's going to be trending on Twitter. I, I can see it right now. Tony Petiti giving Jim Harbaugh his third consecutive Big Ten championship. It's going to be fantastic. Whose voice is that you're mimicking, by the way? I don't really know. 
That's just my social media voice, I that's, guess. That's your, that's your voice of X? That's what Michigan fans deserve through all of this. They deserve to see Tony Petiti. Because he can't just he can't skip out on this. This is his first year as Big Ten commissioner. It's facts. This is like the only thing they're good for most years where there's not a ginormous cheating scandal. This is what the commissioners <laughs> are known for. You give the team that won the trophy. So he has to be there. Or do you think it takes away from um from their moment? Who, what, Petiti being there? Yeah. No, he's the commissioner. He's got to be there. Now is Connor Stallion's going to be on the podium. No, stop. <laughs> no, I think Michigan fans want it. Michigan fans want to see. Of course Petiti they do. So does Harbaugh. On the um, and and I hope Petiti does. You know, listen, got to got to be got to do your job. You know, not hand it off to the assistant commissioner or you know a sponsor or whatever the heck. Got to do it. Got to do it. And that's I mean that's one that's one reason to watch. That's that's might be the only reason to watch, <laughs> unless you put money on the fact that Iowa won't score a point in the first half. Doing the opposite. Yeah. You sicko. Can't wait. Um, the least exciting conference championship game. The Most exciting. Yeah. Wow. The least exciting. It's a 24-point spread, man. Come on. What am I, the what American, am I supposed to you're more, you're more pumped of, to the American in the, the Mac? Of the Power 5 conferences, <laughs> the most exciting one mm-hmm. is the game tonight. It is. Friday night, Oregon versus Washington, 3 versus 5. They already played once this season. It was a three-point win for Washington, 36-33. Since then, Oregon has outscored their opponents 252-96. to That's why they head into this one nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I cannot wait, John. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I mean, we talked about it earlier in the week, the fact, at least in my opinion, Washington being the number three team in the country, I get it, they're unbeaten, and then Oregon being five. And then the Ducks being a double-digit favorite. I think right now it stands at nine, but when we were talking about it, it was a double-digit favorite. How in the heck is that possible? You know, and looking at the, the the playoff committee and everything like that. And honestly, I'm not. I would still pick the Ducks if you know you just based on obviously how they've looked. And I think they're the hotter team coming into tonight. But it's going to be a close game. I think it is going to be an exciting game. I mean, Penix is in the Heisman conversation. These are two Mm -hmm. quarterbacks in the Heisman conversation. Everyone's treating Washington, or at least Vegas is treating Washington, like a pushover. This is a team, a Huskies team. I get get it that they did it uh, in their home stadium. But this is a Washington team that's already beat Oregon. They already have a win against them. It's not like they're matching up for the first time this season. And the utter disrespect towards them it is nuts, and I get it because it's been a while since they've been this highly ranked nationally. Uh, but they've beat their opponent that they get to face tonight. I I, I don't know. So I I want I want to say they make it close. I really do, and I'm I'm gonna be watching this game. Gonna be excited for it. Right now, I think it's what nine and a half. Uh, you got Fowler, Herb Street, and the, the top crew on it too as well for the for the mothership. I. You know, what, I, I'm looking forward to it. What do we think about Vegas making the the college football rankings? That that would be something. That would be something. The Vegas. I think sports they'd have Ohio State in the top four. Because I like I like your ideology behind the fact that okay, if they're nine and a half point dogs, why are why is Oregon not ranked ahead of them? And obviously, you know, Reese Davis just tried to ask that question. He he didn't ask it as bluntly bluntly as we could have, or just someone who knew the spread at the time, and you know, I guess has no connections for, you know, ESPN being one of the biggest, uh, you know, media rights with college football. But he pretty much asked, like, where do you, like, not where do you rank these teams? Because obviously the rankings speak for themselves, but who is, like, 
the clear number one. Like, you tried to get an answer out of him, which was basically, like, is Florida State legitimate or not? Mm -hmm. And he just, uh, who is it, Boo or whatever, Boo Corrigan, the college football playoff uh, speaking piece for the for the for for the playoff show just kept like lauding the other teams but like this is clear evidence that like okay the question should have been why is washington besides records because i get washington's undefeated why is washington three and the ducks are five if the ducks are double digit favorites well if like it's just based on it's not based on the eye test then it's based on resume and we've always had this conversation does the playoff committee go more towards resume towards the eye test what have you done for me lately? Best win, worst loss. And it's, they say, a combination of all those things. Mm-hmm. But, but if you're undefeated, Washington you three, climb the rankings. If Washington, you're undefeated, yeah. you climb the rankings. Washington's three undefeated and nine and a half point dogs. On a neutral site, too. This is p- being played in, in Vegas tonight under the dome. It's a, it's a neutral site. And it, you know what they say? The hardest thing to do in sports Crazy. is beat a team twice. I get that. But and now, I, I know Washington's already won, but... It's it's going to be tough. I mean, did you hear what I said? Oregon has outscored their opponents 252 to 96 since that loss to Washington. I get that. But who have they, they played? Have the they seventh, played USC. They have the 15th or the seventh they best went to Utah, scoring defense that. in the nation. They yeah. allow their opponents only 15 points a game. Not to mention, haven't even mentioned his name, the Heisman favorite, Bo Nix. I don't love the dude. I, he's had more starts than anyone in college football history at the quarterback <laughs> position. Really? He played against Justin Herbert <laughs> in college. <laughs> Think about that. Herbert's been in the league for five years. I did not know that. I thought that. So, he, so he's uh, superseded the uh, Stenson Bennett? Well, Stenson Bennett was older, but Stenson Bennett didn't have as many starts wow. as, as Bo Nix now does. Because Bo Nix was a freshman starter at, at Auburn. Yeah. And faced off against guys who have been in the NFL for many years now. <laughs> and now is the Heisman favorite. The passing yards leader in the NCAA. Combine that with the fact that they have the seventh best defense. I'm rocking with Oregon tonight. I don't I blame this you. Is a but you think by team. double digits? We're, that, we're just that off. Oh I, think, I think if Oregon's going to win. And you might go- have to go head to head on this with no competition in the standings. If Oregon's going to win tonight, they're going to cover the spread. If Washington's going to cover the spread, they're going to win. Does that make sense? I get it. Like, yeah. Washington's got legit receivers. And they got a so does Oregon. And they got and they got a great quarterback. I I don't know. I guess this is the definition of a toss up, but the, the utter disrespect for the toss Husky. up but a nine and a half point spread. <laughs> it is. It's uh, a toss up to me. Uh the Texas Oklahoma State game tomorrow for the Pac Big Twelve Championship. Sure. Fourteen and a half point spread in favor of the Texas Longhorns who are trying to work their way into the playoffs somehow. It's it's going to be an uphill battle. Some teams would have to lose, but it's definitely plausible we see Texas in the final the final year of the fourteen playoff. They finally squeak in after all this time. Well, I mean, we've talked about the the I guess scenarios that could play out. Yeah, te- Texas has a win against Bama. Like <laughs> I, I get they have a that's loss against what Oklahoma, they're standing on. but that's that's what they have. And if they take care of Oklahoma State and they're favored fifteen and a half, the last time I checked the line. Uh, to have uh, to, to get a win, yeah, you need help. But if Florida State loses, I think you p- position them in. You know, unless Bama wins, then I. Th- I it's so tough though. But my thing, and this this was still our holdup. I think what on Tuesday or Wednesday, if Florida State's the only team to lose, so they drop out, we get that, and then Bama beats. Georgia, are you putting in a one loss Bama that has a win against Georgia or one loss Texas that's beat Bama? 
They're both schools in the South, right? We've talked about, yeah. oh, it should be two SEC. Texas is, you know, they're, they're a powerhouse in the South. They're going to get a massive rating. They're, they're a brand. They're I, the McConaughey. I think it they're, depends how badly they can beat Oklahoma State. I guess. If they barely squeak out a win, I don't see a way that they get into the playoffs. They're probably going to put Ohio State in over them. Eh. But if they blow the doors off Oklahoma State, leave them in the dust, yeah, they're going to they're gonna have a legitimate chance at this thing. And you showed me something before we went on. Something awful regarding yeah, this game geez. leading up to it. Not not the best of notes to end the show, but they, uh, if you look it up, Longhorn. No, uh, don't outside, look it up. Or, <laughs> don't look it up. <laughs> we'll explain it. Uh, I, I thought it was mostly a joke story, and then obviously like an, animal cruelty, nothing to you know joke around about. But I clicked it because I, I I like some of that tradition stuff. Like I always think, and I know it's a fictional animated movie, but you know Monsters University, they take the goat from the rival school, and then it go you know wreaks you, havoc. Tell them what around. happened. Tell them but what happened. The they apparently outside an Oklahoma State fraternity called the Farmhouse Fraternity, there's a dead Longhorn that has into the skin the F word and then FM. So I don't know, and there's still investigation That's into terrible. this because farmhouse or FH, I should say, uh, F FH. I don't know if it's uh, them a, a different fraternity saying to this fraternity F FH because farmhouse again is the fraternity's name. Because wouldn't you just say F Texas on it yeah, or F U T or something? I don't. So that know. makes no sense. But it's a long, a dead Longhorn on the lawn of this fraternity That's house. And that, and that fraternity, you know, obviously they've they've said it, like no, it's not us, blah blah blah. And there's an investigation. Oh, into that dead it. guy outside of our house, not me. But it's, I don't know how that guy got that there. That is absolutely nuts, man. And what are you, what are you doing if you're Oklahoma State? You win this, you get to go to the Cotton Bowl. I mean, give me a break. But we were talking about it pre-show. It's uh, there's a line with college sports, but you know, hey, around these parts, you know, what's morality lines? It's uh, it's a little murky, right, Ben? Real quick, Bama, Georgia. Who do you got? <laughs> Uh, n- n- nice evading of that question. Yep. I, I, I'm rooting for Bama, but I do think Georgia gets the win. I, I think the I'm key, rooting the, for chaos, by the way. I do every right. year. The key is to get to Carson back. Make him under pressure. Make him uncomfortable. He's, he's been pretty good when he's had time uh, behind that Georgia offensive line. It's going to be a really fun week in college sports. We'll be back on Monday. Talk about the Lions game. Talk about Michigan. What a great weekend of sports. I've got Oregon tonight. Texas. This weekend, Michigan, I'm going to go with Georgia. And I think Florida State's going to get it done against Louisville, to be honest. Chaos, baby. That's my picks. Chaos, baby. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the weekend.